Yo, what's up? You're listening to First Giving Honor to God. I'm Whitney, your host, lover of God, creative, and somebody who never thought they would start a podcast. But here we are, and I'm going to take the time to share the lessons I've learned over the last decade as God has tried to steer me right back here to my creative calling. But I won't be alone. I'm tagging in some friends, colleagues, and folks I've just been rooting for to share the story of faith behind their brands and careers, all to help you bring your own vision to life and honor God through your work. So if God is giving you a vision that's big, nah, huge, this podcast is for you. You know, it's far too common for us to accept that this is just how life is going to be. We accept living a life that's not fulfilling, going to a job that causes us nothing but stress, and taking no chances on our passions and callings. Today's episode is all about how my childhood bestie, Jennifer, decided she wasn't going to live like that. After building a successful career in the business world in Alabama, she took a chance and moved to Houston without a job but with a knowing that she should be there. She says she met an angel who offered her a job that would send her down a path to building a career that she is beyond passionate about in clinical research, completely outside of her field. This episode is all about how your yes and willingness to start at the beginning could be the key to unlocking a life of purpose and passion. So let's jump in to episode two of season two, Start at the Start. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for episode two. I'm so, so excited to be here with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, one of my very best friends. Hey, Jen. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad that you agreed to do this. I uh, love having a podcast because I can trick all my friends into being on my podcast. (laughs) And y'all are so good to me. Y'all actually come through and do it. So I appreciate that very much. Yes, no worries. No worries. So uh, as you heard at the top, Jennifer is, of course, one of my really good friends, but she also works in clinical research, uh, which is a career that I feel like is really just something that uh, is amazing for her personality and for her spirit. And I feel like God really led her into this field because people needed her light. Uh, And I'm so excited to have this conversation because I think that I will probably learn a lot about how she got here. Um, You know, like sometimes when it comes to your friends and their careers, you often don't even really know what the people in your life do. You just talk about, you know, whatever is going on outside of work. And so I'm really excited to learn a little bit more. Um, But first, we've got to let the people know that we aren't just like, for real, we aren't strangers. We've known each other since we were, how old were we? I believe we were like 12, 11, 12, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at at first, you know, we we didn't really know that we were going to be friends. And then Alan Iverson brought us together. (laughs) Alan Iverson, yes. Oh, we loved him. <laughs> we did. I mean, obsessed. We were slightly obsessed. <laughs> yes. He brought us together and here we are. Still <laughs> look at us. Look at us. I mean, we won't say how long ago that was because we know we still look 21. So just you, we'll keep you guessing. We'll keep you guessing. 
yeah. but seriously, um, I, you know, I think what is so cool, um, just why I'm so excited to have this conversation is we really did grow up together. You know, we went to church together. We got the same foundation of faith and, you know, kind of our learning. Jennifer and I were the two people who were going to read the scriptures when it was time to read scriptures at church. <laughs> Jennifer was always going to be Mary in the play. Always Mary. So, every Christmas. <laughs> every, Jennifer, was there, was there a Christmas when you weren't Mary? I don't recall. Mary. I knew, we knew our roles. Well, yes, we knew our roles. I was going to be the narrator. <laughs> she was going to be Mary, but... I say that to say, like, we really did have a foundation um, of faith and of really just kind of know, having that relationship with God early on. But of course, you know, that's something that I feel like a lot of people have, but you have to kind of make that conscious effort to allow God to continue to lead you throughout your life. Let's just jump in, first of all, talking about, you know, where you're from and kind of how you grew up. We are both from Alabama. And yes. when people think about Alabama, I think they think about all the bad stuff, which, you know, some of it is true. Like, yes, we are yes, country. We are country. There's a little Proud bit of, of you it. know, it's a little bit of issues down here, but, <laughs> but it really is a place. I feel like we, we have a strong community and strong love. So let's talk about um, where you're from, what that was like growing up in a small town. So I am from small town America. I am from Ohatchee, Alabama. Um, it is a one stoplight town, um, very small. You know everyone and uh, it is a very close community. Um, growing up in Ohatchee, uh, very young, like it's, it's humble beginning. So I will say that and I, I am grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the simplicity mm. of the small town. Uh, it has taught me to never forget where I come from and um, not to be ashamed of where I come from, because mm -hmm. I will say probably like those 13, 14, 15 years, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, I hate being from here. You know, mm -hmm. you didn't appreciate, appreciate it. And uh, but looking back now, I am grateful for small town life and I love to go home I love to sit on the porch I love to listen to the crickets and the frogs outside and because I I don't get that where I am now and it just it just feels like home and I love going back yeah yeah and I, I think that's a good point that you made that like there's this simplicity that I think sometimes we we get into the hustle and bustle of our life and like that really is so important uh, as you get older of just kind of like having the the simple things and, and the the small pleasures of life so I'm glad you pointed that out so being from Ohatchee Alabama what would you say as you were growing up what were the things that you were thinking about in terms of a career or what you wanted to do with your life um, I really thought I was going to be a teacher, actually. Um, I always play teacher as a child, and I was <laughs> like, oh, maybe that's what I'm going to do. But as I got older, I didn't really want to go into teaching, and so I really didn't know of a lot of opportunities. I'm just mm -hmm. going to be honest with you. I felt like high school, it was just 
you know, you graduate, you go to college. And most people that I did graduate with are still living in Ohatchee. Mm. So I didn't really see too many people getting out. And so I just knew that I wanted something a little different. You know, I didn't know what that different was at that time, but I'm like, you know, I need, I can't stay here. Like, (laughs) you know, I just feel like there's so much more out there. And um, I knew that I wanted to do that, but I I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what that was going to be, but I knew I wanted to expand my horizons. And I, I didn't, I knew I wanted to go to Jacksonville State. Like, I love Jacksonville State and I knew that's where I wanted to go to school. And so I just knew that it was going to be after that, after college, Mm -hmm. before I made that change, because I knew that's where my heart was, was at that school. And that's where I wanted to go. She's a Gamecock through and through, (laughs) (laughs) through and through. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So let's, so, you know, I know you went to JSU and you, you majored in business, right? That's correct. So coming out of JSU with your business degree, I know for a lot of people, we we have it in our minds sometimes that, okay, I've gone to college, I've gotten this degree, and now like magically my life is just going to come together. What were you thinking um, right out of college? Like, did you feel like God had you on the right path? Did you feel like you were going the way you were supposed to, or were you just trying to figure it out? I was trying to figure it out um, I, because you're right. We go to college, we get that degree and we think that like, it's just gonna, everything falls into place. And then you graduate and then you're in the real world and you're like, hmm, this isn't going like what everybody said it was gonna go, you know? So um, I took a job right out of college um, into a rental car business, a very uh, popular rental car company. And I uh, worked there for about three years and I worked my way all the way up to being a branch manager and managing six different uh, uh, stores. And Mm -hmm. so um, I was using my degree. I have a business management and marketing degree. And so um, I I was pleased that I was able to work my way up but I was very stressed. I was very unhappy and I was doing well, but I, I wanted it all. I want to be stress-free. I want to, you know, do well, but I want to enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after being there for that amount of time, three years, I then, um, with the same company, i moved to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And so living in Birmingham, I um, continued to manage more stores, still doing very well for myself. Um, And I did get to experience living in a bigger city of Birmingham. Not the biggest city, but it's definitely bigger than where I was coming from. (laughs) So I I did enjoy that. So that was my um, my first chapter. I like to say chapters in life because... I feel like we're all writing a book mm-hmm. for ourselves. And so, you know, some people say seasons. I like to say chapters. Yeah. And so yeah. that was my first adult chapter was working with that company and moving way, my way up into to management. Yeah, so. <laughs> I love that. So so you're in Birmingham and you're working, you've you kind of, you know, worked your way into a career where you mm-hmm. are, you know, you're, you're kind of at the top of your game at this point in time. 
Um, and I remember when you came home uh, and you told me, I, I think I'm going to move to Houston. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, like, let's mm-hmm. do it. Like, let's go to Houston. <laughs> but <laughs> how did you, how did you, yes. get, how did you get to that decision? Like what, because to most people from the outside looking in, you were a success story. You had gone to college, gotten your degree. You, you know, had moved up. You were a manager. You were managing multiple stores. But then you decided, I, I believe there's more for me. What, what was that chapter of your life like? And, and what caused you to make that leap of faith? So I was during that time, like I said, I was doing very well, but I was very stressed and I was, I was just angry a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was because I was working so many hours and, um, my job just took so much out of me. I mean, I can always put on a smile and nobody ever really knows when I'm not happy Mm because I'm always smiling. I'm always bouncing around. Like that's just me, (laughs) but I knew deep inside that I just was not, I was just not happy. And I remember one night. And it was probably 20, um, I'm going to say this was probably 2013. I just remember praying. Like I said, you know, I'm thankful for everything that I have, but this isn't it. And I I don't want to seem ungrateful or, you know, but this just, I'm just not happy. And I just, I remember distinctively sitting in my floor in my bedroom and I just prayed and I said, God, where do you want me to go? What do you, what is it that you want me to do? Um, I know you have me here for a reason and I'm doing well. And the, the reason he had me at that rental car place was to meet my husband. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I can get out of that whole situation is (laughs) I met my husband working there and uh, he worked there as well. So I am grateful for that because I know that's why he, I was there, but I remember that prayer and I said, just, just take me where I need to go. So two years passed in 2015 and I randomly, um, booked a trip to Houston to see a relative. Hmm. So that relative had already lived in Houston for five years by that time, five or six years. And that relative had also told me you should move to Houston, but I didn't want to at that point when she first asked, because I wanted to find my own way, mm-hmm. you know, um, I wanted to, to, to see how the rental car was company was going to be. And like, she wanted me to move to Houston, like right when I graduated college. And I just said, no, let me find my own path and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I booked the trip to Houston in 2015 and I just came for a weekend and I just, Actually, I didn't even tell my cousin, like I had already bought the ticket and then was like, hey, I hope you're free in two weeks because I'm coming. <laughs> so <laughs> so I come to Houston and um, I was just here for three days and it was actually my first time visiting her in that amount of time. She had mm-hmm. always come to see me, but I had never come to see her. And so she showed me around. She showed me, um, I mean, we went to the medical center. We went to the Galleria area. And I was just seeing how big it was and just how, you know, all the companies that were here. And, you know, I was like, wow, there is a lot of opportunity here. And she was like, well, whenever you're ready, come on. I've Mm -hmm. been telling you that for years. But I think fear was stopping me. Um, Just, you know, the unknown, you know, I'm not going to 
moved to the fourth largest city in the world. Why would mm. I do that? You know, but after that visit, I felt more comfortable and I said, hmm, maybe there's a reason why God told me to come here this weekend. So I get back to Birmingham and I um, I just think about it like maybe I should do this. I have nothing here holding me back. Mm. Um, I was just dating my husband at that time. I was like, I'm not married. I don't have kids. What is stopping me from doing this? Nothing. So after thinking about it for a while, I said, you know what? Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. So and like literally that's how I came to you. I was like, I'm I'm gonna just move to Houston. So (laughs) I literally (laughs) packed up everything that I had. Well, I packed it up or I got rid of it. So I literally moved to Houston with what could fit in my car. Hmm. My my relative drove, uh, she flew to Houston, I mean flew to Birmingham. And then she drove back with me and that's, that's how I got there. Just why not? Yes. Yes. I I, I, I think that's such a good point because, you know, I talk about in the first episode, how I was kind of like toiling about if I should quit this job or not. And I'm listening to you tell this story and, and the scripture that, that God kept bringing to me, um, what during this time was Psalm 139, where he talks Mm -hmm. about, you know, if I go to the, if I go up to the heavens, like you are there, if I make my bed in darkness, you're there. And the thing I kept reminding me is like, I think we want to always make the perfect decision and we don't want to make a mistake. But the, the great part about being a child of God is his presence goes with you. And even if you would have got to Houston and said, oh, I don't really know if this is like the best fit for me, you still had the presence of God to go with you. And, yep. and it's okay to, to put yourself out there to try and look where you are now. I mean, we're going to get into it in just a second, but I mean, I think like Jennifer who lived in Birmingham was amazing, but look how much you've blossomed in Houston and how much your life has opened up by being in Houston. Definitely. And like, I just, I was like, well, what if I, what if I don't make it? Cause I'm, I don't have a job. I didn't go with a job. I just went, you know, like, you know, so, but I was, I wasn't worried. I was like, if it doesn't work out, I can always go home. You know, I think people are afraid of that. And people are like, well, what if they, people talk about you because you go back home? People going to talk about you anyway. You know exactly. <laughs> so I was not worried about if I had to go back home. It was fine. My parents were like, you should do it. My boyfriend, now husband, was like, you should do it. He actually said, you should do it and I'll be behind you. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, oh, he really loved me. So I'm <laughs> he did. Shout, shout out to Mr. Mims. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm gone. So um, so I get to Houston and I have no job. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, now I gotta find somewhere to work in this big city. But then I don't want to drive around this big city because it's so big. <laughs> so I really so it really took some um, some growing up, I had to mature. I had to just say, okay, you're here. You know, you're here. Mm-hmm. Do something with it. I always like to say I met an angel. I met mm-hmm. someone who said to me, well, you know, what do you, what is your background? I said, I have a business degree. And she says, oh, okay. She says, well, you know, Houston has the largest medical center in the country. And so she was like, 
you can find something at one of these hospitals to do. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, um, I don't know what I can do. I said, I could, you know, maybe something in healthcare management or this, it's something totally different than what I've done, but hey, I'm willing to give it a try. So that angel told me about the job at the University of Texas, MD Anderson. She told me about a job. Mm. She says, this might not be what you want to do, but it will get you in the door and you can go anywhere from there. So I did take the job that she had for me. Mm. And so I um, interviewed well, they loved me. And you're, you're right. It was not a job that I wanted, but Hey, I don't have any other job, so I got to take it. <laughs> so um, I took that job, and um, it's so amazing because, like I just said, I didn't want that job. But after being in that position for a year and a half, I earned the top award out of that entire hospital for that position. Wow. Out of 5,000 people, I was chosen for a Citation of Excellence Award in Patient Services. Wow. So like the biggest award that you can get in that position. Thank you, Laura. And like, I didn't even know that I was nominated, but the physicians and my peers that I worked with, they all just said, Jennifer deserves this award. She's coming here. She's moved from Alabama and she's done amazing work. Wow. She needs to get this award. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was floored. I just did not know what to say. Like I was presented the award by the president of MD Anderson and I was like, okay, like I'm feeling real comfortable about this move now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think because you were willing to start from the, from the beginning, you know, you were willing to start from the bottom. And I think so many times we we will take the leap of faith only if it's like a guarantee that I'm going to be like put at the highest pedestal right off the bat and your willingness to just go in and serve. I did take a pay cut. That was mm-hmm. a large pay cut that I took when I moved. And so that was some adjusting there. But I knew that the end would be better than what it was in Birmingham. So I said, okay, I will step back. I will wait my wait my time basically I had to wait for my time so after that award was given to me one of the doctors uh she came to me and she said Jennifer um have you ever thought about doing anything else and I was like um well I don't want this position because it's you know it's an entry-level position so I would like something more challenging and she says well what about going into the research department And I said, oh, no, I said, I have business degrees. You know, I don't know anything about research. And she was like, well, research has a lot of things that you can do in it. And I said, well, when I think of research, I think of working in the lab, looking through a microscope. You know, I said, so I think bench research, I'm not qualified to do that. And she says, well, no, she says, I need someone to come work on my clinical trials. And so I knew that we had a large research department, but because I was working more on the business side, I never really looked into it. And so she says, "Um, I want you to think about it. And um, when you're ready, I have a position for you. You do? (laughs) I've already told you, I don't know anything about research, but she says, whenever you're ready, you know, you can make the crossover to research. 
Okay, so then I'm like, again, I know nothing about research. What does she want me to do for her? <laughs> so, so she explains to me that uh, she wants me to work for on her clinical trials. So she says, you know, we have clinical trials for patients and we are doing extraordinary work with these trials to um, basically... Um, you know, prevent uh, cancer and uh, treat and for treatment. And so she was like, I definitely want for you to really come over here and work for me. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, I did take a position in clinical research. Mm. And, uh, so that's the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> about clinical research in my life. Yeah, like so this is very exciting to me because like I like to see how dots connect. And for me, it's like your yes just keeps opening doors for you. Like every time that it's you're presented with an opportunity, even though you're like, I don't really know why or I don't know how to do this, I don't know if this is what I should be doing. You're like, I'm gonna greet this with a yes. And every time it's like God sends a person with an opportunity for you at the right moment in the right time. And that that's just like the power of being open to what God has for you at the right time. I feel that people, we should learn multiple things in life, you know, mm -hmm. and I think uh, fear stops us from learning different things, but you're right. I never, I never say no. Mm -hmm. I, you want to teach me how to fly a plane? I might be like, okay. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. Am I tall enough? I'll do it, you know? <laughs> Now, Jennifer, I don't know if you're tall enough to fly the plane, but we'll, we'll get, get you a seat. Ready. We'll get you a seat. <laughs> but hey, if I can do it, I'm willing to learn. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so clinical. So she she gets me involved in clinical research. So, a lot of people really do not know what clinical research is. Kind of like just like me, I had no idea. I've never heard of this prior to moving to Houston, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so clinical research is basically a research in which people, um, data, samples of tissue from people are studied to understand health and disease. Hmm. And so, you know, these clinical trials, um, they are used for medications, treatments, um, and medical devices. Everything has to go through a clinical trial phase. And so, I mean, the aspirin that you take, it's, it's been tested. We've wow. it's gone through a certain trial so that it can get FDA approved. So um, I work with patients that um, have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma mm -hmm. and they are on my clinical trials. And I basically follow them and study their, their, their samples and their data from the time that they get on my study and all the way until survivorship. Wow. So I focus on every single thing they do. I document and I review it. So I'm looking at, um, you know, vital signs. I look at blood work. I look at their PET scans, their CT scans. Um, I look at any, if you know, if they have a fever, any adverse event, if they have a fever, if they have chills, I document it. And, um, you know, it's, it's opened up a new world for me. Yeah. Uh, I have learned a lot. I have 
more appreciation for scientists now because I work with the scientists. I work in the labs with them. And, um, and it really makes me wish that I would have known about this years ago because I would love to see where I could be, you know, it's never too late, you know, it's never too late. And so even if, as I'm starting this, I've been in research now for three years, it's been three years. And, um, I love to see the changes that it's making in mm. patients. I have seen a person who had, they had little faith that they were going to make it. And I have seen a huge turnaround with them being on a clinical trial and they are now living their best lives with their children and their spouse. And, and, um, you know, they are in survivorship. And that's our ultimate goal is to is to make cancer history. And we, we're wanting to, um, you know, we might not can cure it all right now, but we want to do our part in helping us get there. Yeah. And yeah. I truly feel like that's what we're doing. That's that's such important work. And I think, you know, because I know you um, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure people can tell this as you're talking, but you have such a heart for people and people say, oh, I'm a people person, but like you really have made it your point throughout your whole life. Like any room you go in, you want to brighten it up. You want to make people laugh and smile. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's so like purposeful that God put you in that type of position, you know, something that you don't even have a background in. He was like, if you will just give me your yes, I just need your spirit there and I will like fill in all the gaps of what you don't know and who you don't know. Like he just was like moving all the pieces because I think it was, it was your heart that was needed to be there more than your, your skill set that you had going into it. So you're right. And I love being around the patients. Like I am bubbly. I I'm always Mm -hmm. smiling. Um, They tell me my smile is contagious and that warms my heart because you know, I am not a nurse. I am not a doctor. But if I can help your healing process with my smile, yeah, then I've done more than enough right there, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, but it is something that I am, I have become very passionate about. Um, I am constantly reading articles. I am, I'm, my husband will come home and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm studying. And he's like, go to bed, you know? <laughs> something else for me to learn and I want to be able to go to my doctor and say this this and this and she say very good Jennifer I you know you're you're doing more than what I'm asking because I I just want to keep excelling in Mm -hmm. this it's something that um that is close to my heart now yeah I mean it it really seems like it is um it's a passion that you discovered Mm -hmm. and and I think that's I think that's the beautiful part like you were saying that we should always know multiple things and be willing to learn multiple things because sometimes you know I I think about my friends who knew from the time they were six that they wanted to be doctors and they became Mm -hmm. doctors like that's great but that's not most people's path really a lot of realities huh (laughs) no most people stumble into their purpose or or stumble into the thing that they're really passionate about and 
but but we don't know that we can stumble into it if we're not willing to just like give things a try and be open and and be willing to just be of service to start from where we have to start to do it um so yeah like girl you have you're really helping me and my perspective <laughs> just hearing you talk about this like I love my friends because I can be so inspired by them y'all are the bomb so we I greatly appreciate the work that you're doing um because I think when I think about cancer and like I love y'all's um mantra of making cancer history I mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a single person in the world who's not inf- affected by cancer in some way whether it's someone they know who has dealt with it, is dealing with it, or will deal with it. Like cancer is one of those things that kind of touches every socioeconomic background, every corner of the earth. It is unfortunately a a, a very real part of our world. Um, and so I think the work you're doing is so important and it's, it's so necessary for people to know that there is, is, is a group of people who have God at the center of their heart, who believe have hope for the future that this doesn't have to be our reality forever, that there is work being done to make that so. So shout out to you and, and your team and all that y'all are doing. So I do want to ask you, um, one of the things, I have another college classmate of mine that works in clinical research, and I see her kind of sharing some similar things um, that you share on social media about um, Black people in clinical trials, as well as uh, uh, Black people working in clinical research. Why is that important, not only for us to work in the field, but also to participate in things like clinical trials? Um, the short answer is representation matters. hmm you know, um, historically, clinical trials uh, focus on white males, mm-hmm. which means that the findings of efficacy has limited to that group. Well, there's more people than white males getting cancer last time I checked, right? <laughs> so, so we need diversity in clinical trials because, you know, medications work differently for different people. Um the side effects are different for different people. And we need to be able to view everything on a larger scale so that we can, you know, so that we can look at all everything and get to what really matters is how are we going to cure this cancer? So one thing that um, how I feel that I can help is I went to my doctor that I work for and I said, you know, I want to become certified to consent patients to uh, become um, subjects on our trials. Mm. And so I said, I really want to focus on getting more black and brown people on our clinical trials. Yeah. And she says, well, how do we think we can do that? And I said, for one, I think put me in the room with them and let me consent them. Mm. Let them see me. Let them know that there's someone on the other side that's an advocate for them, you mm. know? Let them um, get comfortable with me and I can explain it because I know for our race, we have to feel comfortable before we do anything. Absolutely. <laughs> and I um, and I said, you're going to see a big change if you allow me to start helping consent patients. And I'm in that process now. I have not consented my first patient, but I am... Um, I'm in that process of getting certified to do that so that, uh, you know, I can start reaching out to my people and other people, you know, everyone, yeah, but uh, yeah. 
we do want to get more diversity in our clinical trials. Yeah, I love that. I love that you want to, I love that you said they'll know they have an advocate in the room. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. You offer such a, you know, unique perspective. You are a Black woman. You are from, you know, a small town. Like you just have a different perspective that you can offer that you can speak to people on a level that maybe someone else can't. And so your presence is so necessary um, where you are. So before we go, I do want to, you know, just kind of, um, I guess, to tie a bow on this whole thing. What, what do you think from like the work you're doing now and kind of this entire journey that you've been on, what do you think God, God is teaching you or has taught you in this kind of experience um and and do you believe that all of this was to bring you to this particular work or is there more that he has for you i i think that there is more because i am just starting out so i'm excited to see where god takes me in this i do feel like i will be working in the clinical research realm for um, the rest of my career. Yeah, I do believe that. And I just believe that God is just teaching me that, you know, that this is a way that I can, that I can, um, I can serve people. This is a way that I can um, do my part into trying to cure this horrible disease. You know, Um, it will, it's allowing me to, you know, I, like I said, I'm not a physician and I'm not a nurse, but it's allowing me to have a seat at the table to assist them in their part because um, my doctor tells me all the time, I couldn't do what I do without you, Jennifer. So don't ever think that, you know, you don't play a big part because you do. And um, when this does get FDA approved, you know, your name goes on there. So I did have my first publication and she listed me as an author. And I was so proud because she said, you deserve this. Your name is going on the author list. You are now a published author. I was like, I am. (laughs) Yes, come on. (laughs) Like I give credit where credit is due. And um, so I definitely think that it's just giving me a seat at the table. I like to say it that way. And yeah. God is in God. I've told him and he knows that use me however you want to use me. Like these are the moments that that made me want to start this podcast. Like honestly is I, I, I needed to know and I needed to be reminded and I wanted other people to be reminded that um, that the work we do and, and want to do does matter to God that he will move mountains and he will put us in places and spaces that he needs his light to shine, that he needs his love to pour into. Um, And I just, I love to watch people come to that realization. And I love to watch people doing it in real time because people have really, there's, there's a lack of hope in our world. Mm -hmm. And if one little small thing that you, you say to someone when they come, you know, to, to your to your clinical trial, that could really like put a, a, a spark in them, put a battery in their back to say like, you can keep going. There's hope on the other side of this. I'm, I'm walking through this with you. And I don't think it's any mistake that your job is to literally walk through it with them because they need someone who is not going to lose hope uh, if they happen to lose hope. So I just, I love what you're doing. That plays a big part because their spirits can get down very easily. 
it, and you know, you can get a scan back and it's not good, but that doesn't mean that they're all not going to be good. We just make some adjustments and in three months, it could be a totally different story, you know? Yeah. And um, so I, yes, I want to encourage, I want to be that light for them. And um, I, I, I do thank God. I, you know, I say, you know, God, I never thought I would be doing something like this, you know, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I can't thank him enough because, um, you know, and, and thank you for letting me tell my story because I don't think a lot of people know what I do. I'm not, no. a, I don't brag a lot. And sometimes I say, I wish I did like, <laughs> but I don't because that's just not me. But, um, but you know, thank you, Whitney. This means a lot. It really of does. course, of course. <laughs> I, I appreciate you so much. And and like, you know, most people don't know this because Jennifer is like a little bit shorter than me, just a smidge. <laughs> but Jennifer, like you, you're a year, technically a year ahead of me because you went to college mm-hmm. a year before me. And so um, I, I want to tell you, you know, I, I've watched you like you've kind of been like a blueprint for me to follow behind. And so I just thank you for, you know, who you've been over the years for your friendship, for your consistency, but also just living your life in a way that is, you know, just a testament to your heart and, and who you are. And I love you so much. I love you too. Very okay, much. Okay. We can't cry on my podcast. Jennifer. No, I know. No. <laughs> We're not going to cry. We will cry. So now we got to like, you know, laugh about some crazy thing. (laughs) But really, thank you so much. I hope y'all were so blessed by Jennifer's story. I really, really was. Um, It's just really incredible to, um, to see somebody that you love and know just walking in their purpose and doing what God is asking them to do. I hope um, that you all will share this with someone. And um, yeah, we'll talk again next week. So peace out. That's our show. Thanks for stopping through for First Giving Honor to God. This episode was produced by Whitney Hall. Our editor is Brandon Hall. And our music is by Vodavaz Productions. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on socials at Honor to God Pod. And visit our website, honortogod.com, where you can grab the show notes and grab some really dope merch. Also, head over to iTunes and subscribe to our show, You do not want to miss an episode. And while you're there, if you love us, leave a rating so we can continue to bring you dope episodes. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk in two weeks.